0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Active Optimist podcast. This is Arena, your host, the Active Optimist. With everything I do, I want you to believe that you don't have to be depressed forever. I truly believe that depression is the ultimate cry for help, not for happiness, but for connection back to ourselves and what truly matters. I'm here each week to support you, bring community, and give you daily actions to address the social, psychological, and biological causes of depression so that you can step into the life you know you're meant to lead. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi guys, hope you all are doing well today. The sun is out. It's kind of cold. My weekend was pretty okay. I felt really sluggish for the past couple days, but today I felt more like myself, so I got to go out. I got a coffee, did a short little active workout, and decided to use the energy I had to talk to you because I feel when I get sluggish for a couple days, I fall behind on what I want to do and I kind of beat myself up about it. And what's important I remind myself is just to keep going, to do the best that I can. When there's days like today where I'm feeling a lot better or slightly better, take advantage of it and get on my grind and just do what I need to do to make the best of the day. So in today's episode, I want to talk about talking about depression, stepping over the divide between the therapist's office and the real world conversations that we have. This is very important. This is one of the tenants, I guess you could say, of this podcast is to bring substantial conversations into the world that are generally cut off, from normal conversations and put into the therapist's office with depression and mental health being seen as not topics that are socially acceptable or welcome in normal conversation. Anyone who has experienced any mental health struggle or depression knows that a lot of the stigma surrounding mental health and depression revolves around what is not said or done when we bring up our feelings or our struggles or just showing our pain that we're in, oftentimes when we get the courage to reveal something to someone about our depression, they don't react in a way that we expected or that we thought in our mind is the proper reaction. Even if we don't exactly know what we wanted the person to say. For some reason, coming back from the conversation, we often feel that the person didn't live up to our imaginary standards. I think this stems from, one, people really don't know how to have a conversation, whether they're depressed and whether they're not depressed. A lot of people, if they're not depressed, they don't see the courage that it takes for us to broach the topic of depression or of what we're feeling or our experiences and the pain that we're having. And two, when we talk about depression, we leave out or hedge the person's unique experience about depression. Oftentimes when we're talking about mental health or depression in our real conversations, we talk about it in general terms, because when we talk about it in specific terms that are connected to a person's personal experience, it becomes really, really intimate. How this plays out is that there is a conversation quarantine about what you're feeling, what you're feeling, and the message, while not verbalized, we understand that talking about my depression is not welcome in general conversation. Instead, it is, this is a conversation that is supposed to only happen between you and your therapist, or maybe between like you and your closest, closest friend. And that's the divide that I'm talking about. The divide of, yes, you should talk about your feelings, you should talk about your depression, you should talk about your mental health to be a full, whole person, good person. However, we're uncomfortable talking about this in general conversation. So I would suggest that you go to a licensed professional to talk about these things and then come back to us and you can talk about whatever you want. And thank goodness we do have therapy. The great thing about therapy is that it's seen as a container, and the therapist is a person who is trained to break the stigma barrier. But what happens is it leaves them to figure it out before they can re enter society. However, it doesn't take away the feeling that we have to figure it out before we can re enter society. We have to go to a separate place to figure out what we're feeling. And this continues no matter how many, you know, motivational quotes we see. We don't really see anyone behind whatever the text is saying. And there's no substantial feelings being exchanged. And this brings to point that it's so, so needed that we have substantial, that we have real, that we have honest conversations about who we are, about what we're feeling in our depression, I know that it is so, so important to talk about it, and for you, it can act as a release. I recently shared my story on the internet. I wrote it up and posted it on my website, and I wasn't going to share it at all. What actually pushed me to post it on my social media and to share it with the world publicly was a girl that I knew reached out to me and started talking about her feeling with depression and how me talking about it has helped her. At that point, I was like, okay, this is a sign that this has to be shared. So I did it, I posted it, and I got a couple of comments or messages about girls who had experienced depression and really acknowledged that this happened to me. And that had never happened to me at all with anything that I had done that was painful. Obviously, people celebrate you with your wins, but celebrating someone with their pain and their loss and just seeing them as they are and fully acknowledging that was so, so powerful. To just have people see me and acknowledge it and say thank you for sharing that was enough. I didn't need the sympathy. I didn't need, I hope that you're feeling better and it's so sad that you felt that. I didn't need that. I just needed, thank you so much for sharing and I see you and I hear you. I felt more free of my depression than I had before. And with those couple people, I really felt released from my story because i had really just put it out there into the world. I talked about it, i had told people, but really just releasing the whole story from start to finish was amazing. My story, i know based on the people that i talked to afterwards was a starting point to have a substantial conversation about what they were feeling about my depression, about depression in general. My story shed a light on what that feels like and what that experience is. So having substantial conversation is, is very, very important. For you, yes, it can act as a release. Yes, it's a hard story to share, but sometimes it's the most important. For other people, this is an important story to hear. For the people who love you or are friends with you, it's important for them to understand you because even when we are feeling isolated, when we're feeling alone, The people around you and the people who care about you and love you will respond favorably and may even help you with your depression, help you with your depression and just be there by your side, holding space for you and reminding you that you are not alone. Have that thought in your head, like maybe, just maybe there is one person in your life that you can share this with and it doesn't have to be today and it doesn't have to be tomorrow. But just look out for that person and ask yourself, who do I trust the most? Who in my life has that capacity to hold this for me? Who is it? So let's break this down so we have actual steps to talk about depression in a substantial way in our real lives, in our homes, in our work, and in all our relationships. First, I just wanna say that it's okay to ask people, are you feeling depressed? and don't get attached to the answer if the person just brushes you off and says good if the person doesn't respond favorably don't get attached to the answer just be there and if they tell you a little bit about what they're actually feeling just be there for them don't try to go off and tell them how they can fix themselves just be there with them this especially if it's long term often comes with the fear of abandonment The people who you love will leave because there's only so much a person can take. There's only so much of this depression that they can take. And this really stems from the feeling of I'm just not worth it. I'm not worth them sticking around. I'm not worth them seeing me in this state, in this sorry state that I feel and not performing and not doing the tasks that they expect me to do. If someone does respond in a meaningful in an open and a trustworthy manner, just be there with them. If they're sharing that they feel slightly down or they slightly depressed, or if you are the receiver, remember that oftentimes depression comes with a fear of abandonment because we have all these feelings of this person, my friends, that they'll leave me because there's only so much a person can take And all these feelings come down to worth. Am I worth it or am I not worth it? Am I worth, you know, their love? Am I worth their time, their patience, etc.? And if you're the receiver of the person's story, of the person's feelings, just remember that this could be, even if it may seem on the outside as not a big deal, it could be a big deal. You could be the first person that they're telling And if you are the giver, if you're telling the story, remember that the person is there for you, that they love you and that they empathize with you. Because oftentimes what we expect the person to react with, whether it's positive or negative, plays out in our understanding of their actual reaction. If we think someone's going to be really negative and deflective and just hate us after we Bear our soul to them, then whatever they're going to say is more likely to come off as negative, as negative or us feeling like we're wasting their time and just a manifestation of our fears. So if you're talking to someone, see it as a positive experience. Try to remember that people naturally want to be there with you, naturally care about you. So whatever their response is, it's more your predisposed to see their response as caring, as loving, and helpful to you and encouraging. Now, what to say? And this is big because I never knew what to say. When I was depressed, if someone did come up to me and was like, Oh, Rena, I see that you, I feel that you are, have been depressed lately. I wouldn't know what to say. I would be like, no, I I'm not depressed or, I mean, I've, I've been feeling a little off or a little down, but depression, not really. And like really brush it off. Even if they were the most open person in the world with the most kindness and the most, the best intentions in the world, I would still brush it off. So what to say when we're talking about this? So start with simple emotions. I know that we sometimes feel lost for words about what we're feeling because they can be so intense or we could be so shut off from them that we don't know what to say, that we don't know what our feelings are. So just start with super, super simple ones. Overwhelm is very common, especially when we're feeling so many things that we default to being numb to all of them. So I'm feeling overwhelmed and When you say that, it often signals to the other person you're just feeling so much that you can't process it all. And if you're feeling that, just try to, you know, be like, oh, I'm overwhelmed, and break it down. Being like, I'm overwhelmed, I feel scared, I feel sad, hopeless, I'm a downer, that I'm being abandoned. Just start saying them out loud. And and that's more than nothing, and that's where we're starting more than nothing, more than what is happening right now. That's all we want to do. Also voicing the cycle that you have found yourself in can also be powerful. For example, oh, I'm go through weeks of feeling amazing, great. I start to get my life back together. And then one day it just hits me and I get this pain and everything falls apart. And then I can't show up to school. And then I miss so many days that I have to stop classes, and I know I should be talking to my counselor about my mental health and figuring out a way around this and figuring out a way to work around this, but it's just happened so many times that even though I know what's good for me, I just don't do it, and I just keep going on this cycle. And in that story, me showing that I am fearful of being a burden or being frustrated that I'm unable to provide and show up or to perform and show up in my life the way I dreamt of. And with those small things, it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be so simple. It can feel like gibberish at the moment, like, I don't know if this person is actually understanding what I'm saying, but it's just a practice and the more that we do it, the more we're going to learn about how to voice what we're saying and become more more connected to what we're feeling and hopefully more understanding of ourselves and also and also practice and also practice having hard conversations with people small snippets. We don't have to tell all our story at once. I didn't tell my whole story at once. I told my whole story pretty much four years after my deepest, darkest depression. And so it's a journey and don't push yourself if you feel that you're not ready. So who are we going to talk about this with? So first of all, it is important that we talk to someone that we trust and we know cares about us at whatever magnitude that can be. Also talk to someone who you know is a positive person. You don't want the conversation to be bouncing off of each other's hopelessness and negative thoughts and rumination. You don't want to be co-spiraling downward. You need a balance of positive-negative, so you don't leave the conversation worse than how you entered it. Also, like I said, it doesn't have to be a person who is always in your life right now. Sometimes it's easier to talk about sensitive and intimate topics with someone who isn't as involved in our lives. This I often use because I feel less judged because I'm not as attached to what they may think of me because they're not part of my daily life. They're just someone that I know, that I know is a good person who I trust And generally someone who has the capacity or I know who has the capacity to understand and to hold space for me. So hopefully that helps you guys out. And just remember that this is not a one-time conversation. This is a conversation that needs to be continued to actually do the work for us. For me, I shared snippets of my story, just something of this is what I was feeling, this is what I am feeling. And that eventually, years down the line, accumulated to me writing down my story and sharing it on the internet. And it's still a work in progress, and I'm still not fully comfortable actually vocalizing my whole story. Or when I do vocalize it, it's very painful for me, and my voice cracks and breaks, and I just become more and more uncomfortable. But it's a journey, and it's a practice, it's a muscle that none of us are trained to have. It's not a muscle that is encouraged for us to build when we're growing up or in our daily lives. So just remember to keep that in mind. It's okay to share snippets of your story, snippets of what you're feeling. Make sure that you approach it in a positive manner to up the probability that you will walk away from the exchange positively. Yeah. So just remember that this is not a one-time conversation. This is a conversation that needs to be continued. It's a practice. It's a muscle that we all need and do what you have to do. If you have to share a little snippet one at a time, that's fine. If you have to do it over a month over some years, that's fine too. And it may be helpful if you're going to have a conversation. If you want to have a conversation about it, it may be helpful to dress rehearsal and plan what you want to say out on a piece of paper. Journaling can be very helpful. You don't even have to share that, but just having it out on a piece of paper can help stop you from thinking and ruminating about it in your mind. So the action of the week is to do one single thing that is relaxing and let yourself be fully present in it. This can be going on a walk, this can be taking a bath, this can be baking cookies, this can be picking out a new book to read from the bookstore, this can be anything relaxing. And if you can't think of anything, you can either think of something that relaxed you when you were a kid or do something that is relaxing to someone that you know. So for example, my sister, she loves candles So maybe since I know that she loves candles and that it relaxes her, maybe try burning a candle in my room. And what's most important is just putting one foot in front of the other, take each day at a time, take each action at a time, and each part will build on each other. So that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I am so grateful that you guys are here that you're listening and and proud of you just listening to this podcast because just listening it, to it, all these thoughts in your mind and is in itself a step up from depression. And as always, if you have any questions or experiences that you would like to share, you can DM me on Instagram at Irina Erickson. I look at every DM and will respond to every DM Also, if this episode touched you in any way, please leave a review that helps the podcast so much and share it with a friend or two because that helps the podcast reach more people. And also, if you do share it with a friend, they don't have to be a friend that you know is depressed because first of all, you never know what someone's going through. And second, they may know someone super close to them that is struggling with depression and may find this podcast helpful. So with that, have a good week, everyone, and thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with another episode on Subsequently Depression.